0: Welcome back to Women's Wealth, The Middle Way, the show that answers your questions about work, money, and family. My name is Susan mcglory michael and I am the CEO and founder of Flan Eagle, a wealth management firm in New Jersey. Our guest today is Michelle Tenzik, CEO and founder of East Tenth Group, a people strategy, leadership, and executive coaching firm. Michelle worked her way up the corporate ladder to executive strategy HR positions. While doing so though, she was diagnosed with a serious illness, one that often carries a tremendous social stigma. In 2014, Michelle founded the movement, The Truth Behind Our Titles, Strength, Resilience, and Hope for the Professional Journey. It shifts the belief that professional success means hiding or disguising our inner struggles and difficulties. Michelle's theory is that we should embrace all our experiences, even the difficult ones, to integrate ourselves fully and more authentically into our professional lives. Michelle, I have read so much of your background, and the more I read, the more impressed I become, not only for what you've built as a CEO of a firm, but your transparency, so I want to welcome you today to our podcast.
1: I'm just delighted to be here, Susan. Thank you so much.
0: You know, Michelle, when you're involved with HR, I'm sure you learn a lot about, you know, different people that you encounter, but I I can't help but believe you have an inner passion for those that may be struggling. And as CEO of People Strategies, do you ever see, like, parallels between the challenges of you helping clients overcome something? And if so, what have you experienced and, and what have you found that you can bring that's unique
1: Yeah, I love that question, actually. So, you know, what it got me to think about, Susan, is because of my own personal story, which I'm sure we'll touch on a little bit um, in this conversation, and my dealing with some very difficult uh, challenges in my own personal life that I have overcome and I have been able to live comfortably, what happens with clients is even if I don't need to tell them that part of me, I'm able to be a very empathetic, compassionate partner and advisor to the clients that we have. And what normally happens is some very personal challenge comes out in the conversation, whether it be with a child that they're having difficulties with, whether it be their own situation, which is a little bit more difficult to talk about publicly, and I don't need to tell my story, but I have an ability to have insights and support for individuals. You know, For instance, an example of that would be um, a client who has a, a daughter, a young teenage daughter who's had very difficult issues with mental health, anxiety, serious depression, And I just have an ability to relate to that because of my own background. And so I can show up differently for that client while we're on a journey to make her a better leader in the industry that she's in, her chosen industry and her chosen work. So that becomes very rich, as you can imagine, for a client to know that on the other end is a coach or a consultant who really has a depth of understanding.
0: You know, that is so empowering because I think that traditionally, many years ago, we were always brought up with, you know, never share your your weaknesses. And as a result, people walked around with such heavy loads and baggage. I I just find this empowering to think about and for other women to say, wait a minute, how often have I said to myself, oh, well, I couldn't do that because, and that because of reason. when you talk about that, what motivates you? can you share with the women because your your transparency is just such a gift? What motivates you to publicly be as open about your thoughts of like suicide and struggles and depression what What was the the changing factor that motivated you to say, "No, you know what, I can be so much more powerful and and give back so much more by my transparency What was that
1: yeah, so Obviously, I have my story for a long time. I was diagnosed uh, with clinical depression in the early 90s and had had numbers of hospitalization through the 90s, up and through early 2000s, and I kept that all quiet. I mean, I was never open about what I was going through except for an employer who might have sort of figured it out, if you will. But as time went on, I knew I had an important story to tell, but I never wanted it to be solely about me. So when I founded my movement, The Truth Behind Our Titles, I was able to bring other women to the table who also had experienced challenging difficulties in their professional lives and were willing to share about it. So the focus wasn't just on me because I, don't, I, I know that people will relate to different bits of stories But I'm a big believer in storytelling, and I'm a big believer that it's one story at a time when we can relate to another person that really paves the way. And I felt very strongly, especially in corporate America, that I had been and was a very high-achieving professional, got to the quote-unquote proverbial corner office and now founded my own company. And I wanted to empower other women especially, to, to realize if that's their choice, if that's the path that they're choosing for themselves, it is possible to achieve at these levels with difficulties and that it doesn't need to be a stigma that holds us back. And by publicly coming out with my story, and candidly, none of our clients left us. Um, I didn't have any of my past relationships with very senior executives fade away because I op- was open about my own story, it really proved that, that it's okay to be that honest. And so it really validates that the power of story is so incredibly important.
0: I, I do agree. I think even as parenting, often when you wanted a message to your children, telling a story is so much more power than telling them what to do. But, you know, as you were talking, I couldn't help but think, how many times we've heard the saying, 99% of what we fear never really happens, and I think it's overcoming that fear of, oh, this this could be a negative, rather embracing it. But what are some of the challenges associated with, here you are, a, a very successful female CEO in a, in a male-dominated kind of business landscape what are the type of things you would share with some of the women listeners that say, you know, I'm not sure I'm good enough or the questions that run through? I would say probably following up on your last you know, sharing, it's, it's the fear base, the fear of mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. if I fail or what if I don't look mm. in control? What, what are some of those challenges? Because you are a successful CEO and you have built a successful business in a male industry.
1: Yeah, that's, that, that's I'm glad you're bringing this up with me. So I am not wired any differently than I'm sure a majority of your listeners, Susan, and maybe even yourself, where I can have two good days in a row, and then the third day I'm questioning everything. Um, am I good enough? Um, will someone return my call? Um, did I do the best work possible for the client, and maybe I didn't? So those same fears, without a doubt, um, creep in and for me on a weekly basis. Um, I wish there was a week that would go by that that didn't happen, but it does. And I was, what I say about being in a male-dominated landscape as a female CEO is that's been most of my career i've been sort of the sole or very few women that are in a room dominated by men and candidly i didn't make much of it when i was young and i was coming up in my career i just i think i just didn't know better i just it was what it was and i wanted to be successful but today what i would say i'm hyper alert to where does the conversation go And what are sometimes offhanded remarks that are truly not appropriate in the room, whether it's going to be all men or some of us females are present, and having the courage to call that out. I'm much more hypersensitive to it, and I'm much more willing to call it out. It doesn't happen in every conversation by any stretch, and I don't want to say that because there's many groups of men and individuals and so forth that are just terrific, terrific and fabulous. But it is about owning now at my age and my position to, to be a voice in those rooms where something with a slight nuance is just not right and having the willingness and the courage to say something about it.
0: You know, Michelle, thank you. And the other question I would, would have is, you know, you really took it upon yourself to start this the movement The Truth Behind Our Titles and about strength and resilience, and you, you share today's struggles and difficulties. What is the one thing you would share with a fellow woman out there who says, you know what, I'm, I'm, I know I have struggles. I don't know who to turn to, or where do I begin? What would be your advice for that person that has lots of talent that they haven't tapped? Yeah. Or maybe they can't see through the clouds. Where do they start? advice, if you met this person today on the street, you would give them their first piece of advice?
1: They're not alone. I think that's, the, that's such a strong message to anyone, is you're not alone. I remember when we had our event for The Truth, and there was about 200 people in the room, and people had asked me, well, what's your, your goal, Michelle, with this event? What, what, would you, what do you really want to have happen? And I stand by this today. I wanted that one person in that room could go home and breathe a little easier and say to themselves, I'm not alone. Because candidly, through my career and my own difficulties, I didn't have anyone who came up and shared something similar to my story that I could feel not alone. And that, that can be debilitating So I really appreciate that you might have a listener out there or more than one that is feeling that overwhelm and feeling completely isolated. And and what I would say to them is share. Find one person that you can open up to. Listen to podcasts like yours, Susan, that really invites us to be more open and to have uh, bigger discussions with people around us. Go to an event if you, if you can afford to do that. You know, stop by at whether it be a community center, a local church possibly that's having certain community events. Find a way that you can find people like yourself that have a similar story not at all to mean to dismiss diversity in experiences, but it is important at times that we can find people who share similar struggles and challenges that we're having and what they've done about it and share with someone who's going to also have a solution to it, not just stay in a place of challenge and difficulty and complaining, quite frankly, but find that place where there's hope in the room so that you too can get to that other side.
0: Thank you, Michelle. I I can't thank you enough for joining us today because you have empowered me. What What a great way to start my day. And I know that the women listeners today are going to feel the same way. And thank you for giving back. Thank you for having courage.
1: Delighted to be here, Susan, and I'm so glad I was able to share with your community.
0: And thanks for tuning in today's episode of Women's Wealth, The Middle Way. Make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes or the podcast app or follow us on SoundCloud. Podbean, and womensradio.com for new episodes every other Wednesday. See you in two weeks.